Rise and shine, podcasters. This is No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and the Furious podcast. I'm hey Daryl Long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick Nostera. I'm here with my buddy Daryl. Daryl, it's my birthday today. Hell yeah. I just mm-hmm. got a notification on my... Um, just now? On my computer over here. I got one yesterday, too. I must have marked my calendar. Bro, that's so sweet of you, man. <laughs> that's so cool and sweet. You're older. Mm-hmm. One more rotation. One more rotation. Around the sun. I can't believe I made it all the way around the sun. Mm-hmm. Do you know how big that fucking thing is? Space is pretty big. Is You're pretty huge? small. You're pretty small <laughs> in comparison. It's huge. <laughs> um, it's 8 a.m. here, starting my day. It's Sunday, March 28th. I'm starting my day with a recording for this podcast with one of my favorite people, Daryl Wong, the master. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, it feels good. I feel old. I feel mm-hmm. old. What's yeah. the biggest symptom of... Uh... My shoulder hurts yeah. all the time. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it hurts. it hurts all the time. I do yoga, and that, like, helps. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, she's, I think she's going to fuck me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's okay. I have my pleasures. I got my pot, my, my, my cup of instant coffee this morning. Mm-hmm. How does instant coffee work? I think I've tried to do it one time. I was at an office situation. I went to go make a coffee. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how this stuff works. Like it's, a... um. Yeah. What's that stuff called? Is Folgers an instant coffee? It does make a... They make an instant coffee, yeah. But their classic is not instant. Folgers makes regular coffee, too, I think. Hmm. Yeah. So do you need a filter for instant coffee, or is no. it just water? Just yeah. crystals and water. Hmm. Yeah, you put it in the cup, and you put hot water in, and you stir. What, what do they serve at, like, a, a standard bodega? that instant coffee or just regular coffee that's oh like in new york that's coffee that's regular coffee i'm pretty sure yeah i don't find it to be good because most bodegas i know serve cafe bostello which is Mm -hmm. not my favorite look it's it's people's stuff it's not my thing it's (laughs) i don't like i don't like it yeah, I'm I, like, like Cafe Bastella guy. If I, I feel like seeing the can makes the coffee taste worse. If I don't know what it is, like, yeah, I probably have had a lot more of it than I thought. Than I, I love the Cafe Bastella vibe because I love that beautiful yellow and blue packaging that's like vacuum sealed. I just love that shit. But I'm not a huge fan. No, I mm. have um, I don't know some kind of Italian. Instant coffee brand. The key is the ratio. It's how mm-hmm. much coffee to how much water. Hmm. Do you go for a stronger, stronger than recommended, or no? I try, try to go. I try to go medium. The problem is the recommendation on the back is. Who knows? 
because yeah. everybody's mugs are different. Mm-hmm. You know, some people got a little tiny little teacup. I got a nice big uh, mug here. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know what you're going to put it in. And therefore, the ratio, I mean, the ratio should be the same, but keeping it the same is a process depending on what, how much water mm. you can put in. I think when I was growing up, I'm, it might be just like an Asian cake, but it might also be served in other, might, I don't know what the origin of it is, mm-hmm. but I used to eat it at my grandparents' place, and they would make a coffee cake. Mm. And it was, mm, the main thing that I remember was it had like candied, crystallized, I believe, uh, instant coffee on the outside. I think that's pretty common. Is I think it? it's a pretty common ingredient in cake making. Hmm. I have never had it except in that, in that context. You may have without knowing it. Mm. Because I do know that a lot of people put a little teaspoon or, or a little more in to a chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it doesn't make it taste like coffee, but it does like enhance the chocolate flavor of the chocolate cake. Hmm. So... Maybe you've had more instant coffee than you think, Daryl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, did you watch Fast Five yesterday or today? I did. I did uh, this morning watch through. Oh, wow. This movie is, I mean, it's still very good, but longer Ooh. than expected. Longer Fuck than expected. Long, bro. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my god, this movie is fucking so <laughs> long. Uh, yeah, it was a slog for me yesterday. Mm-hmm. I I really had I had a tough time getting yeah. through it. Yeah, it was like Every, everybody had to have like a very like dramatic conversation. I think every character. In the movie, had to have like, oh, like we're gonna leave you on screen for a few minutes here. We're gonna set a tone so that you guys have a little bit of time to banter with each other. Yeah, I'm okay with the conversation parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my hot take for the week. I like the like dramatic scenes in this movie. I like the scene with. Uh, Paul and Vin talking about their uh, dads. I really like that one too. This That's week. the best scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's the best scene in the movie. Um, but I thought the action scenes were just like, oh my fucking god, let's fucking go. When they're in the Humvees traveling, you know, like, and they're about to get um, ambushed. Ambushed. Mm-hmm. I like they they hadn't been ambushed yet, and I was like, "Please just get where you're going." Like this, time, <laughs> you know, like I can't deal with another fucking thing. Yeah, do you know I they? Can't. Yeah, they emphasize the car ride on the way there, and then after they get ambushed, they get back in the car again. Yeah, and they're just like, "Well, I guess we'll just continue on our day." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that prop was really expensive, so they had to really utilize it in the Humvee. I don't know how much it would cost to rent like a military Humvee per day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like those guys at um, what was that like rent a rent a tank dot com UK or something. 
I feel like yeah. those, guys, those guys would definitely be able to price that out. Price they out could that price it out for, for you. Us. Yeah, they could price it out for you. I, I mean, I, the only thing is, like, where did they shoot? Did they shoot this in Rio, Rio de Janeiro? I don't. I doubt it, right? Like, I doubt it. I don't know where they shot it, but if it's not in America, getting an American military vehicle is harder. That makes some sense. So, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, one thing that we deal with here in um, Aotearoa is that um, a lot, you know, when we shoot American pictures, we a lot of times need... uh, left-hand drive cars Mm. and they're hard to find here Mm -hmm. and like way more expensive Mm. got it because they've clearly been imported if you have a left-hand drive here they've been imported from an enthusiast who Mm. paid a lot of money to get it over here you know he's gonna want to recoup recoup some of that investment Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know it's tough to source those military vehicles, I guess. I've never done it. I've seen it. I have uh, stumbled onto the Tick, that Amazon show, shooting one time where they had a bunch of tanks. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mm, ask anybody. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, great pod. Feel good. <laughs> I don't have much to say about this fucking movie. I thought Paul Walker was pretty good in it. Yeah. I'm on a tear with Paul. Good. <laughs> you know. I picked up on one of Paul's lines today. So once um, when they first got captured by Reyes, they're hanging there in the um I don't know, like the meat shop. <laughs> meat, yeah, the meat shop. <laughs> They're hanging there, triple X style, and they're mm. talking shit to Reyes. And he goes, all right, just tell me where the car is. I'll let you guys walk away free. Yeah. And Brian's response is, the roofing plastic says you're full of shit. Right. And I was like, what does that mean? I was like, is he looking at the ceiling? He's like, what? what is, what's going on in the ceiling that, mm. um, that he's referring to here? But... I googled it, and okay. I'll have to cite this because Jared12331 at wordreference.com. Yo, Jared12331. <laughs> He's like, shout out, bro. Yeah. I think so. I think there's like a thread going on on wordreference.com for like six years, and there's yeah. probably six responses. Yeah. The first five people have no clue what's going on. Jared1. Yeah. Jared12331 is like, what he does, what Brian does in the scene, is he looks at the ground and he sees yeah. that there is it's lined with plastic, plastic on the floor yeah. so that regardless of whether they give the car back or not, Reyes is going to massacre them, roll up their bodies It's for the plastic. blood that's going to spill. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I got that right away. <laughs> I definitely I had no clue what he was talking about. I watched this movie 19 times. <laughs> And I'm just like, why does he say that? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, is roofing plastic different than, like, just, like, a drop sheet 
Like, is it a higher quality plastic, do you think? Hmm. I feel like I interacted with some roofing plastic. I think mm-hmm. it's much thicker. thicker. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's permeable. I think it's semi-permeable. Oh. Like a, Gore- like a Gore-Tex material. My thought about what roofing plastic would be, having not mm-hmm. experienced it up close, is that mm-hmm. like, maybe you get some work on your roof done. Maybe, like myself, when you're 13 years old, a giant tree in front of your house gets hit by lightning and crashes onto your third-story roof and breaks it, okay? While your 13-year-old is in on the third floor and is absolutely freaked out of his fucking mind by that happening. This is you? Oh, this is me. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. It was in the paper. And I went to school the next day, and I felt like a real celebrity. <laughs> hey, look, you can see my you can see my books in there hanging out of the window. <laughs> That's, That's my, my house, stuff. baby. <gasps> um, that happened maybe last year or so during storm season. Um, yeah. I live on a tree line sort of block area, yeah. and it, one a very big tree, like very very tall one, taller than the fourth floor of a brownstone, tall. Yeah fell over and exact same thing crushed the top level of this place and it took them probably a week or so to get a crew out and i think i described this a little bit but they had like a um they had a crane thing that came up and it had a claw on it so oh the claw the, goes, yes grabs yes. the thing and then saws the bottom and then takes the cut branch Incredible. puts it on the ground and then yeah. some other guy chops it up yeah. Tree removal, arboring, it's a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, what I was going to say is that when you have a hole in your roof and guys need to work on it to fix it, I imagine if they're not done and they need to go home for the day, mm-hmm. they put some like thick-ass waterproof roofing plastic over the hole just as a temporary patch. Mm-hmm. It, that way, if it rains that night, you're not getting rain in your house while they're working on your roof. That's true. I think so. I think a tarp serves that purpose. I think what uh, roofing plastic is, is like when you're building a deck or something, you have to sort of build in your layer of waterproofing in usually different, with different Sometimes it's a wood to, like, plastic, and then if you put, like, a asphalt or something on top yeah. of it, uh, you want that layer to be semi-permeable so it doesn't, um, like, hold moisture oh. or, like, form a layer that would start, like, molding and stuff. This is good. This is good. That's good theory. But so then only- how would it help with the blood? Exactly. How would it help? <laughs> How would it help with the blood? You imagine like so it, they kill Paul Walker and Vin Diesel, and like Reyes is like going. They're like cleaning up the things and like folding up all the blood and the plastic. It starts like dripping everywhere. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Who we'll used the roofing place. plastic? The Saran wrap. Do it Dexter style, okay? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's cool. Um, all right. Well, good pod. 
<laughs> I got another one for this pod. Yeah, so, let's hit, hit me. Hit me. Um, I don't know his name, but the guy at the Avendita who drives the mm. uh, the blue Porsche GT3. Yeah. Um, I Skinny don't guy. think I. Yeah, I don't think I recognized until this movie that they go down there, they win his car in a street race, they drive it around their parking lot for a little bit, and then they give they go and give it back to him. They give it back to him. Yeah, because in the first or in the scene, right? First scene is a drag race, then they race it around, and then they go back there um, after they've gotten marked or burned by DSS, and then they have a confrontation there with Hobbs and his crew there, where Dom is standing on the box, and then the box is being blocked by standing on that box (laughs) that Porsche. Is so I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty yeah. So I'm pretty sure you they didn't go just drive it there to like rub it in the guy's face. I don't think so because okay. that's what I think. The, and this, and I was trying to think about it a little bit more. But what is the they use the like giving back of a car in a few different ways throughout yeah. the series here. Yeah, in this case, do. it seems like they win it and they give it back, and that's how they're able to like create an environment where they're protected because everybody else has guns. Now that's a partnership. In Fate of the Furious, right? He goes, he's in um, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Beats the guy's car. Beats the guy, takes his car, gives it back. That guy also comes back later on to help him. Again, Cypher. Yeah, I agree. It's like Dom's way of getting folks on his side. When he's Mm -hmm. like, I may need your help later. In Eight, I mean, he doesn't give the guy's car back, the Cuban cousin's the Cuban yeah, cousin's villain's car. He doesn't give it to the guy, but he gives it to the cousin. But there is this, like, giving away of the thing I earned to, like, earn your respect kind of vibe. So that's not oh. true. So he does, he lets that guy keep his car. There's an exchange of the keys. And he says, no, you take Oh, them. that's right. Then he gives his car that's to his right. Cousin. That's right. So it does. Yeah. It does. It tracks. So yeah. it has to do with, and I'm trying to piece it together, but it really has to do with respect. And yeah. it almost goes back to movie one, The Fast and the Furious. It's the, it's the giving of the car from Brian to Dom that really yeah, like sets this off. But it also has to do with respect because in Too Fast, um, Fonzie and um, what's his name, they get their cars taken and they definitely don't get them back. They get them... No. Trash. Yeah. <laughs> they get injector seats installed. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, they, they are Fonzie and, um, fuck, what the, what's the other guy's name? Uh, I don't know. Our boy, John, um. Santa Tiepo. Yeah, Santa Tiepo. <laughs> I would love John Sensodiebo to come back as like a minor character in yeah. these movies. We'd like a speaking role again, you know. Give him a couple lines. Give him like a cool callback line too, you yeah. know. Like give it like when they when Dom is like, they're like we need two more drivers, and Dom's like, I know some guys, and like. <laughs> He comes back and like Ponzi and Johnson Tiempo walk in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Where'd you find these guys? And Dom's like, 
bottom of a cereal but, box. <laughs> bottom of <laughs> bottom of a cracker jack box. <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd a good be one. Cool. That'd be cool. Maybe they can get reintroduced through um, Mr. Nobody. Yeah, I guess is Mister Nobody still in the series? There's no way he's in nine, right? No, they replaced him with Little Nobody. Yeah, I mean Scott Eastwood's quote is way fucking cheaper than Kurt Russell's. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's my guess. Is like, right? Mm, Kurt, appreciate what you did. <laughs> you really laid you here. <laughs> I bet Kurt Russell's quote is just extra fucking nomical. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, for a third movie, he may have had a two-picture deal for, mm-hmm. the like, for seven and eight. This would be my guess. My guess is he had a two-picture deal for seven and eight. And then in nine, maybe they, like, reached out and were like, oh, if we wanted you in this movie, how much would that cost? Mm-hmm. And he, he was like, like fifteen million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, definitely not. <laughs> See you later, Kurt. Yeah, <laughs> have a good if you, one. If I have to mention uh, Belgian ales, you're gonna you're gonna put another half million on top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell your little tell your little screenwriter over there to stop giving me these trash lines. It's crazy that they couldn't get like a Belgian ale brand to sponsor. You know, do a little product placement. Right. Help cover Kurt's quote. Yeah, he was like $15 million. They're like, we literally made another one of you in these movies that's a lot cheaper (laughs) that we could just use. Like, we love you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need you, need you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, my guess is no on the Kurt Russell. Right. I guess I can't tell in my mind if I'd like to be pleasantly surprised on that front. Mm, yeah. No, I don't think so. No. I wasn't ple- I wasn't pleasantly surprised the first few times I saw him on screen. Russell. So What There's, generation yeah. really looks forward to uh seeing Kurt Russell? I like Kurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Get out of here. What's wait, what was what's his original claim to fame? I don't know about original, but like my early experiences, Escape from New York, which is a mm. fucking great movie. Maybe a movie we should watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Kurt's okay, you know. Kurt's all right. Um, there was um, there were a couple movies that I thought we should put as contenders for our in betweeners. Yeah, talk to. I've me. never seen. Bullet. Mm, I've never even heard of that. Bullet is a is one of the first um, like car movies where they drive that fast. Oh, Mustang sure, one. sure. Yes, I have heard of it, but I also have never seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that, and then um, was it Taxi Cab? Uh, Taxi Cab. Taxi. Taxi. Is it Taxi? Which movie are you talking about? It's 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 in New York, and there's some sort of it's like a another classic movie. I don't Ta- remember. A taxi driver? Maybe taxi driver. 
I don't know. Taxi right, Driver is a one. Robert De Niro psychopath movie. Ah, uh-huh. maybe that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, that may be it. I'm... Um... I've seen it. It's great. Score early Scorsese. Well, not that early, but like Scorsese. It's a great movie. Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. First Jodie Foster role. And like, let me tell you something about Jodie Foster. I'm watching this show, Clarice, which is like mm-hmm. a schlocky Fox television show based off of the Silence of the Lambs. It's okay. I'm kind of into it. But the whole time I'm like, damn, Jodie was good. Mm-hmm. She was just so good. I miss her. Um, she's not dead. She just doesn't has no interest in doing that anymore. She's an mm-hmm. interesting person. Uh, all right, taxi. We could watch Taxi Driver. We could watch Bullet. Uh, French Connection is the other one that I think probably we should do, which is really the first like car chase movie. Uh, you know, like the pane of glass trope where they like, like driving down and, like two guys are carrying two oh, yeah. are like carrying a pane of glass and they like smash it. That's like French Connection shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Gene Hackman. Um, I think we should watch Timeline. We watched Timeline. No, we did not watch we Timeline, de- bro. We definitely watched no, Timeline. We gotta go so. run this back. I've seen <laughs> Timeline multiple times. I'm pretty sure we watched it when you were still living in Queens. It was one of the first movies that we watched. I've never seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or Pleasantville, which is a Paul Walker feature. Oh. But also, I watched I just that a really long time it. ago. Yeah, yeah. Tobey Maguire and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Anyway, back to Fast Five, which is a movie mm-hmm. we're supposed to talk about this week. Um, I just think like I like it's so formula. Like the action beats, you know, you have like action beats every ten pages or every fifteen pages, which is like it's just like bam, 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 bam. So by the time the fucking vault scene rolls around. This time, I mean, uh, granted, my experience wa- watching this movie is my experience watching it for the 19th time. Mm-hmm. But, like, by the time that scene rolled around, I'm like, just get over yourselves already. Like, just fucking do it. I couldn't, it was irredeemable for me. It's, mm-hmm. it, it just, like, I did not enjoy watching Fast Five again. I, I mean,. A movie that many claim is the best in the series. A movie that I have enjoyed watching in the past. It's amazing to me, like how much my experience changes because mm-hmm. we vibed on this movie before, and this movie I think is empirically pretty good. And this movie is like the birth, or at least the zenith of. some of the elements of the Fast and Furious franchise that are, like, beloved, you know, and work really well. And it's Justin Lin, like, just being like, I've got my footing now, people. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But there's something about watching it (laughs) where... I don't 
know, just like the machinery shows. Machinery starts to show in a way that like it didn't in four, where four is kind of sloppy and like kind of messy and like doesn't quite know how to cut itself together and doesn't quite have you know. That's like still makes it kind of surprising and enjoyable. And this movie is so by the book. Where it's like Vin Diesel's reading his Dom Toretto book and just like saying it out loud to you. The Rock has sort of like figured out his rock person. He's like, I'm the Rock and this is my rock shit. Mm-hmm. And he's reading his book. Uh,. You know, Justin Lin is is reading to you from his book of like, I know how to cut this movie. I know how to piece this movie together. I know how to do these action pieces. Jordana Brewster is like, I don't even have a book. Nobody give me any fucking thing to do. <laughs> Can I read my lines in Portuguese? Like, sure, go ahead. Nah. It's like, I learned Portuguese for this. Do you guys want me to do that? <laughs> so that by the time... You're watching this movie, it's like the only kind of interesting, sloppy, really sloppy thing about it is Paul Walker. And that's why I was thinking Paul Walker. I was like, oh, <laughs> you're a mess, bro. <laughs> like you, you fucking stumbled into this like multi-billion dollar action franchise without any semblance of like real talent for acting, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... What you're doing is insane right now, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, I don't know. Yeah. I like him. I miss the guy, big time. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of finally appreciating why I miss him. There's nobody else like him out there, really, who like doesn't have talent. I mean, yeah, it's like a huge <laughs> movie star. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's actors that people quabble over that are, like, good or bad. But, like, everybody... I don't think it can happen again. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant. Sorry, Daryl. Mm-hmm. I know, like, you got points to make about this movie. But, like... I don't think it can happen again. Because I think, like, the late 90s, early 2000s was, like, a moment in time where, like, that was po- where that was, like, possible. You know what I mean? And, like, you can argue, and I'm sure I'll get, like, some Twitter people who yell at me about this, that there are actors out there that, like, aren't very talented that are starring in movies. It's like, okay, that's fair. But, like, usually today what happens is either those people are people that, like, like get, have, like, a couple big hits and then, like, flare out. Or they're people who... Like, you may not particularly like, but also have been really talented and really good in things that maybe weren't your speed, right? Paul Walker had a fucking long career (laughs) and starred number one on the call sheet in a shitload of fucking big Hollywood movies and was actively bad in... (laughs) All of them. <laughs> Tammy the T-Rex. Trash. Snow dogs. Trash. <laughs> Is Paul Walker in Snow Dogs? He's definitely in one of those... Uh, I know Cuba's Arctic snow dog. dogs. Oh, he's in one of those Arctic dog... 
um, yeah, Disney thing. Yeah, Alaskan or Antarctic dog movies. I'd be into watching whatever that is for sure. Oh, but that's like, a good one. I watched that a couple times. I don't know what it's called though. Yeah. I mean, the man is just in a shitload of fucking movies. Like, Varsity Bruce, She's All That, The Skulls, mm-hmm. Joyride, Turbocharged, Timeline, Into the Blue. Ooh, yeah. Eight Below, that's the movie you're thinking Eight of, below. which we should for real fucking watch. <laughs> it looks great. Flags of Our Fathers, Bobby Z, American Breakdown. Takers, mm. Vehicle 19, Hours, you know, I just don't understand it. And it's like, I don't understand he became Paul Wall. <laughs> I do, but it's just like, I don't think it could happen again, and so I think it's something that's special and we should appreciate, you know? Um, it's yeah. I think yeah. what you're trying to point out is like a there's something there with a like a late '90s, 2000s kind of um, yeah heartthrob that he somehow was able to like press on and continue to be in movies. It's like on. he's the greatest heartthrob to ever play the game. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> like. Taylor um, Lautner. This mm-hmm. is like a good comparison. I yeah, think. I was thinking about that guy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> I was like, what's that guy's name? That Wolverine dude. I was like, <laughs> yeah. So he's this girl got kind of lucky because he was like kind of a child star, right? I think he was in some like child movies, or like as a child in some movies. I don't really remember. There's one thing that's on the tip of my tongue that he was in before Twilight, right? But then he got the Twilight role as Jacob the werewolf. Yeah. By the way, I've seen all the Twilight movies. <laughs> they fucking rule. Um, I, whatever. Anyway, they're crazy. Uh-huh. Taylor Lautner, after... Like, he's in these four movies that make gargantuan amount of money. Right? Those mm-hmm. Twilight movies do really well. And, yeah. And... And the thing about them is, like, so, like, he's, like, they're spaced out, like, year by year. I think the first one and the second one's two years later, and then the other ones are, like, back-to-back years. Mm -hmm. And so he's on your screen a lot for, like, five years as, like, here's a movie star, people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, here's a heartthrob. Then what does he do after... Uh, what does he He's do that, after, uh... They give him, like, one movie. It's called, mm-hmm. like, Indestructible or mm-hmm. Unbreak... It's not Unbreakable. It's one of those, like, dangerous, multi-celebrated... abduction. Oh, okay, okay. Directed and by John text. Singleton of Two okay. Fast, Two Furious fame. So maybe we wow. should watch this movie. <laughs> but, like, the movie is panned. It's a totally fucking... It's a total fucking bomb. Right, like fart. Yeah. absolute fart at the box office. Which, Paul Walker's movies were not necessarily like, 
huge money makers, but like all those little car movies that he did to like ride off his fast. He just kept doing these fucking little car movies to like ride off his fast and furious fame. was like, yeah, it was bankable. They'd cost $10 million, $15 million. They'd make 30 and everybody would go on with their day, you know? Mm-hmm. But he does abduction. And then it's like, oh, and then he does Tracers, which nobody saw either. And he hasn't done fucking dickety shit since then. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's what I'm sort of trying to say is like, the dude flares out, you know? When, you're, when you don't have the, if you're not like at the level of heartthrob as Paul Walker, and you don't have talent. <laughs> 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 Not to like shit. I'm sure Taylor Lautner's like a fucking nice guy, you know. But that's all I'm saying. Cheaper by the dozen is the movie mm. I was thinking of. Mm. Anyway, you want to hit a shout out? Yeah, let's hit it. Let's hit it. Do you want me to go first this week? Uh, sure. I want to give a big shout out. We talk a lot, a lot, a lot, um, about the right tool for the right job on this pod, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the shadows. You got to have the right tool for the right job. Right. And for a long time, I've had the wrong tool for a job. Uh, I've been doing some work on my car, and yesterday, I needed to clean my carbs, my carburetors. Um. So I need to get the carburetors out of the engine block. And I have two. It's a twin carb system. That's why I'm using the plural people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, so I've always just like used a crescent wrench or like a ratchet set. The problem with the ratchet set is it's like chunky. It doesn't fit very well in a lot of places. And the problem with the the crescent wrench is like you can screw it tight, but then it kind of slips and it doesn't have quite as much... A leverage is something that fits. So I went to Miter 10 in Grayland, Auckland. Mm-hmm. Bought myself a spanner set. Nice. Um, those, that, those bolts came fucking right off. Let me tell uh-huh. you, bro. <laughs> things are how many, how many pieces in the set? I only got like an 8 to 10 piece set. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was enough. And I bought the higher quality ones versus the like hundred piece like ones that are mm-hmm. wrapped in like you know like vacuum plastic and shit and mm-hmm. are dusty <laughs> you know so bought the HQ ones um and went back home and like you know those bolts are hard to get at in the engine block. And these things, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like whisper thin. So I just slipped it right in there, bing, popped it on. I didn't have to like screw anything tighter while it's in there. I just bop, popped it on. And then I could just torque that motherfucker off. And the bolts came right off. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, man. I get why car people use them now. You know, got it. Those spanners were really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I didn't spring for the ratchet spanners, which are like 
The ones where you can just leave it on and like crank, crank, mm-hmm. crank. But I did. I just bought the ones with like the the starred closed end, and then the open wrench, open ended wrench on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I feel cool using them. Yeah. Too. I feel like Dom Toretto a little bit. You know. Keep them in a little fold. A little. Oh, round. that'd be cool. Like a leather fold. That'd no. be cool. Yeah, I don't have that. They have a plastic like latch thing mm-hmm. where they have like slots and a big chunky piece of plastic and I put them in there and then it's got like a lid that closes. Mm-hmm. Cool. So shout out to the spanner. And shout out to like uh the spanner set and uh right recommend that right you channel. go one step above the basic. Yeah, one step above. I don't think you need to go crazy, but like one step above the basic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the basic ones would have worked too. But there's something about just like buying those fucking shit ass tools that I'm just like. <sighs> get, a, get a slightly nicer one, take care of it. Yeah. You'll be much happier. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like there's that old Kevin James stand-up bit. I used to watch this like one Kevin James stand-up special like a lot. You know, like Paul mm-hmm. Blart, that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> big time. Oh, I'm a big time Kevin James guy. <laughs> I'm not. But when I was like 13, he had this stand-up special that my brother and I were into, and it was funny. But he talked about like buying underwear. And he was like, 32 for a dollar? <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, I put him on, and it becomes like a hammock, and like, like a twisted hammock. <laughs> he's like, now I know why so many for so little. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. That's funny. It's funny. It was a funny bet. But like, I bought some drill bits like that, where they're like, oh, you could have these six drill bits for $40, or you can have a thousand for five dollars. <laughs> they also double as crayons. So if you, uh... <laughs> I drill like the first thing. I'm drilling into like play doh, and it's like plink, uh-huh. <laughs> like breaks off. Okay, let's go to number nine ninety nine over yeah, here. We'll give exactly. it another go. Yeah, yeah, that's the experience. That's how I'm done with that in my life. That's all I'm right. trying to say. All right, what do you want to shout out to this week, Daryl? Um, so mine is a little bit unusual, but I've had kind of a, I've had a very busy week at work. I've just been locked into this computer and I actually found, uh, so I've been watching a lot of haircut tutorial videos and, oh, there's some, there's very much like a, like an ASMR effect to it. And, but it's like that it's, but it's not like straight. ASMR, like I just want a like, um, like a clipper in my ear. But some of them are very funny. There's a, but you'll have a barber that will come. Some guy will come in after not having had a haircut for four to six months, and he'll go through like the big walkthrough and just a full transformation of this guy. And there's mm-hmm. something about having that and watching it while doing like a lot of work that has been. Very, very relaxing. Yeah, and have you been able to cut your own hair? 
I have, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for a while, but I've I've definitely learned some things in you watching. Please have some tips of the trade. Yeah, self barbering, I guess, got to be a big thing over there at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, people are doing it. I've been doing it for a while, but I recently start, I started growing my hair out again. Yeah. Does self barbering, which is a hilarious phrase to me, does self barbering go against the tuna verse family value, Toretto family values of barber loyalty? Mm. Like, is that. I don't know. Does that betray the barber loyalty oath you've taken in your life? I say no. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say say no. It's more of a skill building thing. It's an interesting thing to like know how to do and to do proficiently. The greatest con I think the barbers ever pulled was like, why you gotta get a fucking license for this shit? Like, you have to get a license to be a bar. It's just fucking hair, people. Like, it's not mm-hmm. going to kill you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just like, yeah, make sure your clippers aren't dirty and that you're running a business. Other than that, no other rules. You can no accept rule. cash. You can accept whatever form of payment you like. Please report it to the IRS or whatever, yeah, you know? Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I can't believe you have to get a license to be a barber. That's crazy. All yeah. I'm saying is, like, if you wanted me to cut your hair, I could do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd do a great job, but, like, maybe by the fourth time, I'd be okay at it. Mm-hmm. It'll grow back, everybody. Right, right. It'll it'll take you, yeah, a little while, but it'll be okay. The barber license was instituted by old bald men, you know, <laughs> who's losing their hair. And are like, we just got to be careful. We can't take any precautions with this. <laughs> we needed authority. We needed, we needed a form of commission. Yeah, you ever cut a bald guy before? Just yeah. want to make sure. There's, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I only have so many hairs left. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there is only we're going to regrow maybe one more, <laughs> two more times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... All right, shout out to the barber tip videos on YouTube. Is there, you may have mentioned, is there a, a one YouTube channel that you'd like to like give a special mm. shout out to? I forgot what his name is. Yeah. I watched a lot of them, though. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Very relaxing. Uh, Educational and relaxing. Like artisan crafting. Like, I was watching, like, a lot of milling and machining videos recently. Mm-hmm. It's, like, lathe work, like, metal lathing. I was like, this is the most relaxing thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Just, like, cutting. There's something about cutting. I did, I watched somebody, I was watching some, like, fabrication. Somebody was using maybe a CNC or something. I found it very uncomfortable. It is cool. I like the final product, but Mm. the watching of a CNC work, I found very... um, What do you feel was unnerving about it? um, I think even just the, I think 
like my brain was having trouble understanding how you could cut into metal. I mean, I get it, but yeah. I think watching it happen was a little bit unsettling for me. You do it with uh, stronger metal. Yeah, harder metal. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I watched this brass maker called Clickspring. Mm-hmm. Bro knows what he's doing. It's crazy, man. Like, some of the times, like, looking at, because he, he does the 3D models and shit beforehand, mm-hmm. so you're like, see this crazy-ass shape? And you're like, how the fuck is this guy going to cut this thing? And he's like, he does a pass at, like, this angle, and then he, like, cocks it to four, 30 degrees and does this angle, and then cocks it, like, 25 degrees this other fucking way and does this angle, and he's like, yeah, there it is. Hmm. I'm like, fuck. Anyway. Now for that, if uh, you have any YouTube videos you recommend, you can find us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast, on Twitter or on Instagram, No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. You can email us, No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, at gmail.com. You can um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know you've done it already, but maybe make another account, do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh at Spotify, uh, Stitcher, anywhere you get your pods. You know, we're just out here for the fans. We're just out here to do this because we like doing it for you guys. And uh, we appreciate you every week. And we Oh, Patreon. And if you'd like to appreciate us a little bit, throw us a buck. We've got a bunch of special episodes up on Patreon. We've got, um, that's it. Oh, and you get to vote on the in-between movies. That's so it's far. very important to us. Those are important to us because they really make or break our, like, in-between cycles. Like, a week of respite that we desperately need from these movies, you guys actually get to choose whether or not it will be enjoyable for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it often, it often sets the tone for the next season. <laughs> I think so, too. I think so, too. You know? Um so, uh, yeah, get on Patreon and throw us a buck and um, do whatever. Listen to those special episodes. We work really hard on them. Um, that's going to be it for this episode. Yeah? I think so, too. All right, bro. Another wrap on Fast Five. Have a good week, Daryl. Thank you. Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks. <laughs>